I mean, I think that that also, I mean, the creative pursuit is largely about like taking care of this like chaotic child that lives inside of every creative person. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, empowering actors to create episode eight. That rhymes. I'm Elise Siebert. <laughs> and I'm Leslie Shannon. Today we sit down with the filmmakers Stacey Capone and Don Downey. We shoot the shit about honoring your original intentions for a project, building your community, and, and inventive gorilla style shooting, shooting because, because of a budget. Oh, <laughs> so that's. I mean, it was over. Like you know, it was one of those things. Yeah, yeah it but like, it's so hard if you live with somebody right. in the city. You right. can't just like right. up and move. I mean, yes. you can, but that's like. Also, I had the rent stabilized apartment that that person was living in, so oh, it was like that thing. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. so, uh, we started like dating in like November. We waited until yeah. there was another. She, there was another showcase. Like she was like, "Hey, do you guys want to do your scene again?" And I was like, "Yes, I yes. want to hang out with that person again." <laughs> and so, and then we started dating in like November, and then that person left in January, and then we officially started dating in January. Nice. Oh, there exciting! You yeah. yeah, you can't lose that rent stabilized apartment, right? man. Well, yeah, it was good. Then he moved in there for two years, and then we moved back to Brooklyn. Thank God. <laughs> it was in Washington Heights. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. That we lived there for a little while. Yeah, it's fine, but you know, it's mm. yeah. Well, I mean, I think you know, to each his own. I feel like particular areas too. Like we loved it up there. We loved being so close to uh, Riverbank, the park. Okay. Yeah. Um, was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but Riverbank. Yeah. yeah, it's you. Cool. You like? Uh, didn't you go swimming there? there? Yeah. Yeah. He used to, Brandon go, used to go swimming. He would get up and when he was doing um, training for some tri- different triathlons, he would mm-hmm. go and and swim. And you could run up and down the whole park. It's like along the west side on the Hudson. Mm-hmm. It's it starts at like I think at like seventy something, like seventy second, and it runs all the way up. Oh, River Drive is it called River Bank? River Drive. It's River- Side. Riverside, but there's Riverside. a park like Riverside there's a, like Park, a, and then Riverbank is, is the one on like the, 140s yeah. or okay. something. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I you're right. Like, you're like never heard of that. Yeah. No, but yeah, it's because it's I'm. Weird. It's yeah, like on top sense. of a water treatment plant. It's like this big square like building. Yeah. like what? Like the heights is very. Uh, there's like a huge drop off from right. where the street level is to the water level, okay. and they built out this like giant square sci-fi thing that's this massive water treatment plant. <laughs> yeah, and it is. Put it a is. state park on top of it, and so like on top of it is gorgeous, and from the sides it's like Blade Runner. Yeah, it's kind of that's weird, so but it's cool because you could you can swim there for like super super yeah, it was like cheap. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, it was like two or three dollars yeah. a swim, and that's what? it, and it's a um, full length. Yeah, like it was Olympic amazing. Style pool, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the summer cool. it gets a little crazy, but yeah, but yeah, but I mean, there were particular things about the area that we really liked. Mm-hmm. Our apartment was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, but then, but that's about it. Then you go on the street and people throw chicken bones. I, yes. I find it chicken very. Bones. I find it very. It was very <laughs> dirty. It like seriously, no, it's just like you would walk down the street, like like the street and there'd just be like chicken bones all over. No, like, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. I have I've watched a, pid, a pigeon like become a cannibal unintentionally. I think because there was like a chicken. Bone. I, I see birds do that all the time. I know it weirds me out. You're eating birds yourself eating right now. <laughs> yeah, they will. Because some asshole left their food out on the ground. Yeah. God. And then there's a trash can like. 
I, well, that's what yes. Away, yes. That right. makes me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me crazy. I've witnessed my husband many a time. Like if somebody like put something in the ground, like go after them and pick up, like oh you dropped this. Oh really? And that's give great. it back yeah. to them, uh-huh. and they're like, that's a good thing. Oh you dropped this. Oh, not dropped like this. not like hey don't litter. It's like no. yeah. oh you dropped this. Yeah, yeah. here you go. <laughs> like here's your trash bag. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like they're very confused when you do that too. Yeah. Like well. Oh. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. I'll, I'll <laughs> and then drop it again. Yeah. And then you throw it at them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I have this weird variation when I do that when people put things in garbage cans. Is that like I'll take it and be like, you left this behind. You should recycle. I don't do it. No. <laughs> but you're like, that was a bottle. That doesn't go in here. It has a different home. I get kind of crazy sometimes with that stuff too, but I'm not... I'm like it. The way I feel about though most trash cans in New York, and I mean this is a, this is a terrible thing, but I feel like there, are, the homeless population is unfortunately so large. Mm. They go through and they oh, find yeah. all of those yeah. bottles, and so they do get recycled. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, they're still plastic bottles. Then they don't. I really thought go New anywhere. York went. I thought New York separated the trash. Supposedly. 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 They do. Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, don't know really either. Know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that would be a good investigation. Oh boy, out. I don't know if I want to know. Dateline. Dateline. Yes. <laughs> I know. Do they really, really go through the trash? Wait, this is a good segue. I have a question. So, okay. is there a central focus to this podcast? Is this just yes. about? Yes, we are <laughs> inspiring actors to create their own work. Okay, good. So yeah. we're going to talk about oh, well. your guys' yeah. passion projects and the process of creating your own work cool. and all of that, and the so. hoops and the things that people should know when they're first coming in to it and you know all the things well funny enough you know we we started as actors and we had we were running an actors group way back when and that was like we there was a few of us that were like oh films we really want to learn how to make films so we got a camera and our actors group made 11 short films in a year so we made one short film a month love it for a year and that's that's, great that's how we learned filmmaking yeah (laughs) trial by fire yeah we learned it no one likes sound no one likes no to, one do likes sound. to do sound. <laughs> Can you hold the boom mic? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, it's crazy too. It's a complaint that I hear from Brandon all the time. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, when you're on set and people are setting everything up, getting thing together, getting everything together, they'll give like, you know, lighting. Everything takes so long. You get everything ready, and then like sound. It's like you have to be ready. Like, like yeah. and oh, yeah. go. Oh, waiting and on now. sound again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and he and, and he's like inside. You're like, oh, you gotta be so kidding true. me. Sound, sound sometimes is the most important thing because no, it is. with it pictures is. you it can is. finesse that. Oh, yeah. No, with sound, if you have bad sound, you're like shit out of luck. Yeah, yeah. if you're screwed, you're screwed. It's bad. Yeah. I have, it's uh, bad. I have one of the sound recorders that I work with uh, talks about how like if you know if there's something wrong with the lights like people like hide it or something going on with like camera and technical people hide if a bus is going by and you can't record sound right now because there's a bus going by an ad will walk out and be like waiting on sound yeah like so pissed (laughs) off and it's like it's not the sound people's and and, and she'll she'll always come over and she'll be like we're actually waiting on a bus yeah (laughs) yeah I love that. Sound I is love ready. The, sound is ready. The I love the defensiveness of it. But so 11 in a year. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, we took November off for good behavior. That was our line. Mm-hmm. Uh, for good yeah. behavior. Yeah, for good yeah. behavior. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you start, though, right? Yes. Were there any favorites from those 11 films? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. No, I not really true. think the the... the 
Oral, oral fixation was a fun one. That was a fun one. Yeah. That's true. We, oh, um, on our social media, we just posted, you guys might have seen it, the Era Glass quote about mm, how yes. you have good taste when you're an artist, but yeah. when you start, your stuff is not that good. Yeah. And it's really frustrating, and a lot of people Be- quit. Yeah. Because yes. they have good taste, but they're like, I just keep creating shit, and it's like you have to go through that mm. process and... I have a new, ne- more negative version than Ira Glass's very positive <laughs> yes. version of that, which is that like every film project takes so long to complete that by the time you're done with mm-hmm. it, you're punishing yourself with where you were when you started it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. And so you just have to like get past, past that. that. Actually, I, for our short film, the moment that I got kind of got past that was I was like, well, wait a second. I remember what I was set down to achieve at the time when I started to write this, and it was two and a half years ago. And I was like, you know what? The end product achieves exactly that thing. And, like, that's great. Yeah, And, right. like, I, that's not where my juice is right now creatively. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, like, there was a long time where I had, was kind of beating myself up that, like, this, but I can't go back in time and want to do something different when I started. Like, no. Yeah, that's a really that's, cool thing yeah. to say is, like, when you start a project, yeah. write down what you want out of it. Yes. And then when you're going through the editing, which is the fucking worst part, man. It's so bad. <laughs> it takes so long and it's just and it's so tedious and there's so many things. So when you so when you're like looking at that and you're like waiting through the shit of editing yeah. and you look at okay, this is what I wanted to do and I'm achieving this. That's a really it's very wise. wise. Yeah. Super wise. wise. I like it. All yeah. of that stuff that you wrote down will be very positive later, except for any of the financial goals you have. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, wait a second, why Did am I not guys... rich and famous okay, yet? Okay, so you're, why don't you like introduce your film that yeah. you guys have going on right now? Yes. Sure. Yeah. It's ha- I, I guess I'm going first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. So you're nominated. We are, um, we have a film that is touring to festivals right now called Pepper in the Salt Sea. And it is a short film about a photographer and a mermaid in post-superstorm Sandy Red Hook, Brooklyn. Wonderful. Wonderful. And funding-wise, did you guys, did you campaign? Did you go through all that? Yes. So we did an Indiegogo campaign. Oh, Um, nice. And we actually donated... Uh, 10% of our campaign to uh, an organization that was helping restore Red Hook. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. Because that's what Wonderful. we wanted to give back to our neighborhood at the same time. Yeah, so. that's amazing. We actually are hoping we're setting up a time for um, a friend of a friend who is involved with Indiegogo, and he's going to come and talk on the podcast about crowdfunding. It's yes. an important resource for creating your own work. Yes. Because if you're an artist, as we are, you (laughs) usually don't have a lot of money. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how to say it other than like the bank account numbers are very not large. Um, It's it's a reason why when you start to plug the word artist into Google, the word starving. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't tried that. Yeah. But it's also like besides raising money, it really is also a way to build your audience and to oh, yeah. figure out who they are and to get people on board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so mm-hmm. it, that that is helpful. I feel like that's something that we learned is, yes, maybe we didn't make our goal, but we found out who's 
interested in our film and who our supporters mm-hmm. are and right. now we have a way to reach out to them yes. often. Yes. That's so. that's, that's a really good point. We've made friends with um, the people that run Seed and Spark, which is a um, yes. crowdfunding just for yeah. film. And they have this very smart approach where it's like, look, don't, if you just approach this as raising money, it's not going to be fun. And yes. for most of us, you're not going to raise your entire budget in one go and all of right. that. And it's like, it's really, really ambitious and it's really difficult. But if you look at this as getting paid a little bit to market your film and do all your market research and find out who your audience yeah. is, it becomes a much more positive experience and lets you like kind of set like a little bit of a smaller goal at first and, and work your way, work up. Your way up or, yes. you know, for features, you can do multiple crowdfundings at oh, different stages yeah. and stuff. And it's, it's very smart. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't know any of that stuff when we did it. We did it the, <laughs> no. the wow. hard way like we all do the first time. Yes. But, yeah. Um, Learn the lessons, yes. right? Yes. Lessons learned. That's, Learn I feel lessons. like sometimes that's what projects are. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> it's like you set out because you want to create this thing. You write something. But I think a lot of times what happens with projects is they are just, your, they're your learning curve. They're how you're figuring out how to really do this. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And as much as you want to go back and like, I wish I knew that then it's like, well, now you know it now for the, so, for the next thing. Yep. And Easy. I love that. Like writing down your goal. Okay. What am I going to learn this time around for this? Right. Project? So oh, that's that is amazing. such a good idea. I think I'll do that this time. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I wonder whose wonderful idea that was. <laughs> Some really smart person. But I've never done it. Yeah. So. Well, well you that's think what, about it. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, though, that's one of the things, too. I feel like talking to people about stuff like this, it it brings about realizations that you wouldn't have if you didn't sit down and have conversations. That's why artists collaborating and talking to each other is such an important thing. Because if you don't, then you don't think about it. I mean, we are too busy, like, thinking about how we're going to sleep. I mean, that's (laughs) me, usually. When I'm going to sleep. When that's going to (laughs) happen. How many things I'm going to get down on my list. Like, yeah. So... Go ahead. That's, no, I was just say that's the importance of community. Oh, yes. yes. Of, of being part of a film community. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, or an artist community or whatever, because you guys can all support each other and then learn from each right. other. And it's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, how long have you guys lived in Red Hook? Uh, well, I've lived there for 10 years okay. in June, yeah. and you've lived there longer. Longer. I've, I've, I first moved to Red Hook uh, for my first tour in... Uh, uh, 2001, okay. like right like a month after 9-11, actually. Oh, my um, goodness. Was it after or before? It was after. It was right after. And um, mm. fell completely in love with the neighborhood um, and lived out there for several years before oh. Stacy and I first moved in together in Washington Heights, and then we were excited to get back. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And did the neighborhood kind of inspire the story along with Sandy? Is that kind of how? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Um, Which is so cool. I, in writing this, I really thought of it as like kind of a love letter to Red Hook. Um, mm. And I was working on the script before Sandy happened, before the storm. And um, it was a similar but very different story. And um, it, I mean, it originally wasn't even a magical realism piece. And Stacy came up with the idea of throwing a mermaid into the mix since it was Red Hook. And I was like, that's so much fun. On water, you know. Who doesn't need a mermaid? Exactly. So, yeah, I was like toiling away at this like little story about a photographer and a mermaid. And then Sandy hit and the whole tone of the thing changed. Um, And it became much more of a story about recovery, Mm -hmm. um, which was something that we were watching playing out like real time. With our friends and neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's yeah. fine. Well, letting your community inspire your art. I mean, definitely. That's that's some real shit. <laughs> Have you gotten a good response from your neighbors and from the community of Red Hook? Yeah, actually, we've shown it. We did like a private screening out there, yeah. and um, somebody that I know that lost a lot of stuff uh, actually wrote me an email like a week later and to say, "Hey, I just wanted to thank you guys for your film. I'm." going to the beach this weekend and I'm thinking of letting the ocean off the hook. Mm. Oh, mm. wow. So yeah. that's big. Yeah, yeah, so that was very cool. And oh, I've had wow. other people, because we, we knew a lot of people that lost a lot yeah. of stuff, but lived on first floors. Um, and uh, one of them came to our screening at Coney Island Film Festival and she pretty much, she's like, I balled my eyes out throughout the whole thing and then she she was very worried about seeing it she was like and then I feel it was great like it was like Mm -hmm. a little catharsis and now she really wants her husband to come and see it who didn't have a chance oh that's great that's great to have that support and that backing too it really does make you feel more proud of your work definitely well it's such a collaboration with your audience like helping them heal through a trial and And we were definitely nervous, I think, about sharing it with them because, you know, our apartment was fine. Yeah, Yeah, like we were very, very lucky. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of people weren't. And I think that... I think that for a time, a lot of people like kind of didn't want to talk about it um, because they were dealing with it because it's like it's not so much fun to spend time talking about a situation when you're spending your time dealing with insurance claims and Mm. construction and just replacing things and you know all of that um but i do think that i I mean part of showing this to the community that's been interesting too is just seeing people's different responses um Mm -hmm. there are some people that talk about the storm and they just get angry Mm -hmm. um and there are other people who talk about the storm and and they just get sad for the stuff that they had or the things you had before yeah but um yeah, I can. Yeah, it's fine. The table. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing wrong? You guys had such beautiful shots. Like, oh my there's gosh, this yeah. one shot from above. How I was like, first of all, I know this is an independent film. How the hell did you do that in the water with the camera? I was thinking that too. I was like, camera, water, camera, water. I know. So I you know. you put a helicopter, a crane on a helicopter, and then that's totally not how he did it. So I, I wanted to do that shot so badly, and we were really trying to figure out how to do it because it's it's a crane shot, and yeah. we would have needed like a hundred foot crane to get actually get over the water, which was ten times our budget. Um, uh, yeah, here we so go. That, indie filmmaking. People. Yes, indie <laughs> filmmaking. The indie I, filmmaking I version like, of I that have shot. To know this story. I have to know what happened. Is that we borrowed a GoPro camera? Okay. And bought a 25 foot painter's pole <gasps> at a hardware store. Oh, and my gaffer figured out, or my grip rather, uh, figured out how to attach that GoPro to that 25 foot painter's pole. And my DP was dipping the camera in the water and pulling it way up high. And because it's a wide angle lens, it feels really high. Yeah, it um, felt so high. I was like, how did they do this? I want to know. And we had a bunch of photographs floating in the water at that point, which meant that our crew had to go place these photographs, which 
dissipate a lot more quickly than we thought they would. Yeah. Uh, so place these <laughs> photographs and then run to get out of get the out shot of the before shots. they get out because it's such a wide shot. And then did you, I'm sure you guys And then we had to go back so. and, and <laughs> yeah, take a, yeah. Uh, like a butterfly net and oh my God. capture oh, yes. all the photos. It again. was, you, all that hard work paid off because it's a really beautiful shot. It's it really stunning. And I was like, Either they had an absurd budget, and like, I was like, I don't know how they did this. Well, Andy, our budget was absurd, but it was absurd the other way. Yeah. <laughs> As most of them are. The other yes. shots that I loved was um, when the mermaid's in the bathtub, mm. and like she's not breathing. I'm like, that actress like killed those shots. Like, yeah. It made it so believable. I have a question. Is she actually a mermaid? <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. Okay. I mean, yeah, she's an actress, of course. I don't know. I just thought those shots were really effective. Well, editing, yes. you know, takes, yes. different takes. It's helpful. And she did actually practice. Did she was she? like, I've been in the bathtub at home, like, practicing. How, practicing. how long can I? Because it's not only holding your breath, but... Keeping your eyes open like that underwater yeah. is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to do it for that one scene, and I was like, I have no idea how she's doing this. Like, this is <laughs> well, hard. And it's one thing too to like hold your breath but be able to blow air out, but to hold your breath and not exhale. I was like, yeah. what is she doing? How yeah. is she doing that? <laughs> it, it turns out it's very, very difficult to look up underwater and not have the water kind of come up your nose nose and yes oh yeah yeah so what do you think was one of the biggest challenges shooting this piece was it just water in particular (laughs) like i mean i know that like sounds so general but water was definitely a giant challenge yeah everything from um one of our tripods just getting totally gummed up with sand on the beach to our 15 foot cube truck sinking in the sand on our on was that our first day of shooting that was our our first day of of shooting and yeah so now you can write a film about making a film on the beach (laughs) it's Um, a comedy to we went and there there are a few shots in the film that we shot in a pool uh, that where, where both the actors are underwater and they're, they're wider shots and mm-hmm. um, finding out things like human beings float and it's really hard to, hard to keep yourself keep down. everybody underwater for the amount of time that it takes for all three of us to hold our breath and shoot this shot yeah. um, oh, was, man. was fascinating and interesting how yeah. did you guys communicate on, like was it, did you have like designated hand signals under the water in order to know when to start like how did you that would be a really good idea we'll do that next time <laughs> always comes up with good systems oh well i have an ocd problem so i'm like what was the system to make this work did you have a spreadsheet no next time i do underwater scenes uh everyone will have divers weights under their costumes and um or or something and and or just a weight scuba scuba tanks and all kinds of fun things but that's the other budget yes that's the other budget but for this one it was like okay let's talk and we're gonna go under there and we'll see what and we'll just go Yeah. yeah it's like um, that makes a lot of sense too. Wild indie filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. Underwater. Well, how many days did you guys shoot the project? We had four days of principal photography, okay. um, and then a couple little pickup shots, like okay. the underwater scenes, and, and oh, we did a, we did two other little pickup shoots here and there. Oh, that's, that's not great. bad at all. Yeah. That's really reasonable. Like, because I feel like. You guys had a lot of locations. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of elements, should we say, going mm-hmm. on. Yes. <laughs> did we do four? I feel like we did three. Really? Yeah. I think we only had three days of principal photography. Just 
FYI. In my mind, it was four. It was four. That's how long <laughs> it like, was. If you Stacey, calculated the number yeah. of like work days, days. No. not so much. Yeah. 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 Maybe you're thinking it's four because of the calculated hours together. It's more yes. like what a normal person's four-day work <laughs> exactly. would yeah. be. Yeah. Well, Stacy's yeah. memory is much better than mine, so I'm going to, I'm going to trust hers. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, and, and sadly, the editing room, one of our days was... Well, it was like two locations that day, but pretty much one of our locations that was one of the coolest locations is almost completely cut from the film. We spent like almost an entire day there. Oh, yay, yeah. indie film. That's yeah. what happens. Hey. That's Coming just... soon to deleted scenes. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, though, that happens with big budget films, oh, too, yeah. all the time. Like, that's just that's just welcome to film, I think. People don't realize how much ends up on the cutting room floor. Oh, yeah. I, just read an article the other day about editing uh, the Superman movies for Zack Snyder and that oh, they start yeah. out at like four, four and a half hours long, which would be a crime against humanity oh, to yeah. make anyone actually watch that. But um, yeah. yeah, like they, with those giant budget films, they can afford to just shoot super, so super much. fat and have yeah. all these like scenes and character arcs and whole things that just go away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it happens to us on an indie level too. Mm-hmm. And um for me, one of the takeaways about this film was being okay with shooting some stuff and thinking that you're making one project, and not that the project all changed, but thinking that you know what the film is as you shoot, and then getting into the edit room and taking a few things away, and like we shot a different opening shot of the movie um, months later, um, mm. because we came to this realization of like, mm, this doesn't need to start with this one scene. It, we had a whole additional character in the film, mm-hmm. and um, it just wasn't it wasn't the best way to tell the story. When, once we got to the edit, and I was like, okay, this just needs to start with Stacy's character alone with her camera, mm-hmm. and so we actually went back and, and created a whole different first shot of the film. Wow, that's always so hard too. When you're like editing, you're like in this phase too where you're getting some semi close to completion. And then all of a sudden you have this wrench thrown in your system and a part of you is just like, I just really want this to be done. And then the yeah. other part of you is like, this is not the being story. true to who I am yeah. and true to the story. The story. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's rough. Do you guys have any projects you're working on right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you first, Stacey. What's going on? Uh, so, well, I mean, I am writing with a friend that's an actual screenwriter uh we're working because i am not one of those Uh, i do have ideas um but she's a writer uh a feature film that's a set in brooklyn of course uh in carol gardens uh it's an italian rom-com food film so sounds great already interested yeah i'm like "Mm, exactly exactly so that's in the works right now that's cool great and i'm writing a feature right now that is about a um brooklyn-based photographer who moves to i have a thing for photographers yeah Um, a brooklyn-based photographer who moves to detroit to sort of discover like the real Detroit artistic scene. Oh, um, interesting. Don is from Detroit. I'm from Detroit. I'm from Detroit. I was going to I'm kind of making fun of all of us for, that spend a lot of time in Brooklyn and, and go to like the one magical place where the art scene is right now because we usually bumble our way along. Um, <laughs> And in the case of my guy, he gets completely hijacked by a brilliant 11-year-old Detroiter, a girl who uh, totally changes his life. Wow. Wow. That's That's amazing. That sounds great. 
So how do you guys discipline yourself to sit down and write? Because I think I think a lot of actors want to start writing and want to create their work, but it's like such with like auditions and class and day jobs and yeah. Stacy basically yells at me. <laughs> is, I change is, him. Is, is somebody yeah. that will yeah. make yeah. keep you in line. Stacy is an incredibly disciplined human being who does all of these auditions and amazing amount of work that it takes to be an actor and then finds time not only to make work, not only to run the filmmakers, her lady in films group, but also to kick my ass up and down the street to make sure that I am still writing (laughs) Writing it. And somehow he still likes me. Yeah. (laughs) It must be the food I cook. (laughs) Hey, get to the the heart through the stomach. That is is not an untrue statement for sure. No, I think people like discipline and schedules. They just don't realize they do sometimes. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to go with you on that. I work with children, can you tell? I'm like, they like the schedule. It's what they want. It really is. I, I think you nail it on the head for, not just for actors, but for anybody who's working anywhere in the entertainment industry, that um, things like writing are challenging because the jobs that we do are not, for the most part, nine to five, yes. mm-hmm. five day a week. Yep. Like Things don't run on a very normal schedule for us professionally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then finding a way to like build a writing practice or build a creative producing practice or anything Mm -hmm. around that is Mm -hmm. very very tricky Mm -hmm. yeah well and when there's i find too when there's so many pots on the stove boiling it's like okay which one do i pay attention to now which one's the priority you know when you have a lot of things going on it's always a process yeah that that balancing act yeah, I feel like that's rough to figure out which one to do. Yeah. I don't know. I, I tend to focus on one thing and then focus on another and try to get get things that thing done, done or have, have, have the goals, yes. you know, yeah. check them off. Yeah, right. And I think that's yeah. all you can do. You can you can really only fully commit yourself to one thing at a time. And, yeah. yeah. And you're kidding yourself if you think you can do. Because like, you can do multiple things at once. I'm not saying that you can't, but you can really only be really focused on one thing at a time. Yes. And figuring out how to do that balance. I really think that's the, the key to life, finding harmony within all the things you have to do. And I think that that, I mean... I feel as if I will strive to do that my entire life. I feel like it will never happen, but <laughs> but it it's is there. Lesson. It's it's my that's my light yeah. at the end of the tunnel that is really really long. <laughs> yes, I make a lot of lists. Uh, yeah, I make a lot of lists. Yeah, I like. It, I think like the the, the crossing, crossing off, off on the list. It like feels good. It's you very know? cathartic. Like, yes, I've done it. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. next. Mm-hmm. We were we were talking. My husband's staring at me right now because he's he gets so I get super worked up about crossing things off my list. Um, um, we were talking yesterday about how sometimes we how easy it is to let your life just turn into a list, mm. and that's a not necessarily good either. And how we what a good thing to do is taking all the things that you've done and looking at all the things you've done so that you can be like yes good job you yeah little little pat i know i'm like no one can see that um um, (laughs) 
And you have to give yourself rewards. You right? do. Like, so, oh, I get to go to the park now, or I get to go <laughs> do this now. Like, like I I'm get gonna, a croissant. Yeah. Like, I, get <laughs> I don't know. Mine, mine was food related. I kind of um, like that one. Uh, yeah. Mm, croissant. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that that also, I mean, the creative pursuit is largely about, like, taking care of this, like, chaotic child that lives inside of every oh, creative person. Yeah. And while having a million things going on makes it hard sometimes to cross things off the list, I think sometimes it's good for the artistry in that like you're in terms of picking what to do, like you do the sexiest thing. Like you do the thing yeah. that's like oh, really, like really fun or really chaotic or really mm-hmm. and and that can if your mind changes every two days about which the sexiest thing is, it's going to take you a long time to finish 10 yeah. things. But yeah. I don't know. I've been finding lately that like I just really fall in love with like a project that I'm working on right now and, and really want to pursue it really hard. Um, and with this, this, the screenplay I'm writing is the first feature screenplay I've ever written. And it's oh, taking yeah. me a long time. Yeah. And there have been times when I'm like, this is not, there, the juice isn't here right now. And, yeah. I, and I've done a couple little, written a couple little shorts and, uh-huh. Done other things to give myself a little bit of a break because um, you want to get back to that well, thing and when it feels really salient to yeah. you. Yeah, and there are times when it just comes out. Like I have like mm-hmm. two different things that I'm writing right now too, and I'll go back and forth between them depending on how I feel that yeah. day. Because sometimes you really feel one thing, and then sometimes you just don't, and you can't you can't force it. I mean, you can try, but it's just not going to be very fun. And then it's the opposite of why you're doing it in the first place. So that's, you know. How has been, like, your process of picking what festivals to submit to? Oh, yeah. Um, Because I feel like that's another... There's so many film festivals nowadays that it's like, okay, who do I give my money to? Where do I start? Yeah, because that's an expensive process, too. (laughs) It is. And, I mean, it's... I, I think it's a lot of research. It's talking to other filmmakers like that has been really helpful. Like I've I anytime I meet filmmakers, I'm like, oh, what's your favorite festival that you've been to and why? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really helpful um, because then and and you kind of get a sense of what those festivals like a little sense of what they. I mean, everyone is like, oh, you just go and look on their film page and see what films they've shown in the last three years, and really, that's, yeah. But like, then that's you have to watch take... all those films, and well, then you have to, it, you know, like, exactly. It's like, and I just yeah. lost like four days of my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and also they change every year. Yeah, so yeah. it's really, I think, talking to other filmmakers and seeing what those programmers like mm-hmm. in general, like mm-hmm. who kind of like the see. Those what the those filmmakers have of been those making, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like submitting to a few, seeing where your film has gotten in, and then submitting to other festivals that are similar, right, similar to, that. to that. Yeah, so it seems to be like yeah, we we also themes like so we've been submitting to a lot of festivals that are near water because mm-hmm. they those people have been affected by water yeah and so like and that's smart yeah yeah they're smart for that one yeah, yeah. that makes sense yeah. makes a lot of sense so. so how many different festivals have you guys been participating in thus far uh, with this particular project well, we premiered last summer at the woods hole film festival which is a fantastic yeah. festival those people are lovely it was a great screening experience, um, which is, is in Cape Cod. Okay. It's yeah, where Woods Hole, the, Massachusetts. Woods Hole, Massachusetts. It's where the like 
Oceanograph National yeah, Oceanographic National, yeah, NOAA whatever that stands National for National Oceanographic Ocean Institute and, I don't yeah. anyway they something like that yeah so that they thing. study you know mm-hmm. mermaids they study mermaids mm-hmm. oh um, that's perfect. or just other ocean creatures mm-hmm. uh, so it was kind of the perfect place to premiere um, and then we've done a I don't know Coney Island. We've done some water festivals. Yeah, I think that I think that we've screened in five five, so far, and we have uh, a few coming up up, uh, this summer. Um, We're building towards um, having an online release of the film in October on the fourth anniversary of Superstorm Sandy. Oh, yeah, that would be very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like I can't believe it's already been. I know. Neither can I. Four years. I got stuck. I was stuck in the Midwest during Sandy. So I was there for a week because I couldn't get back to the city. Yeah. We were also in the Midwest during Sandy. Oh, yeah. We drove, though. Yeah. We were in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you you guys from originally? I know Detroit. Yeah, just outside of Detroit for me. And when did you move to this area? Um, I have been here for a while. I moved here in 1995. Okay. And um, back when it was still cool. Uh, you know, that's really funny. Because, yes, yes. I get to say that now, back yeah. when it was still so cool. cool. Mm-hmm. When I moved here, mm-hmm. people were just like, oh, you, you should have been here back when it was still cool, oh, which yeah. was like well, 1985. Isn't that what everyone but, says? Yeah. 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 And then and then before that was 1975. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then great. how about you? Where are you so from? I'm from Scranton. Well, I'm from Moscow, technically, but which is... Yes, it's right outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay, I was about to say um, Moscow. I know. Yes. I was like, I was like Russia? Yes. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's a right small town right outside of Scranton, um, which is now famous for The Office. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and <laughs> and I moved here for college, so I went to Fordham at Lincoln Center. Oh, okay. And I stayed. I mean, it, basically, I was like, I'm going to school in New York City. And my mom was like, you should apply somewhere else, too, like in Pennsylvania. So I applied to Carnegie Mellon, which is in Pittsburgh, yeah. which is further than any college in New York City. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a way out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I came here for school and stayed. And you just Wonderful. stayed. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Did you study acting? I did. Yeah, I studied theater. And then how about you? What did you study? I studied theater. Awesome. I, I spent uh, almost my first 10 years in New York as an actor and director doing almost entirely theater stuff. Wow. And then you made the switch. Yes. Um, Really organically. Yeah. I made the switch because we started making our own films. Right. Um, we, Stacy hinted at this earlier, but we formed a, um actors collective uh, called the Professional Actors Collective. Or Proactive, or- for short. Oh. <laughs> I like it. That's great. Copyright registration. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and as part of that, it was just a it was just a group of like minded actors who would get together once a week and do some scene study and talk about what was going on and and try to share some insider information with each other. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, and we thought it would be fun to uh, make some stuff, and it turned into making a film a month for a year, and mm-hmm. we we pulled off eleven films in a twelve month period. Uh, with one month off for good behavior Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, (laughs) by the end of that process I was kind of a filmmaker I'd always when I when when I first got on set as an actor I got really fascinated with everything going on behind the camera Mm -hmm. um, fixated even yeah and um, I just kind of got lucky this is before the DSLR uh, revolution but it was the earlier wave of digital filmmaking revolution Um, that we were able to make all of these films cheaply as actors and just mm-hmm. kind of explore, make our own work. Um, 
and I got lucky in that I got known as a filmmaker um, pretty quickly and met someone who could help me get work as a camera person in TV and industrials and it just kind of took off from there yeah and that those experiences probably have helped you with your own work right oh absolutely yeah yeah. Absolutely. I mean, one of the great things about having been an actor is that when you're an actor, you are used to people asking if you know how to do things and you're, the answer is always yes. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> so of course girl. I speak Swedish and I can absolutely play trombone. And <laughs> I have definitely flown a jet before. Like, it's just whatever, whatever someone asks you, you're you trying to yes, say yes. And then you call all your yeah. friends. Do you know how to do this? Yeah. Like, yeah. can you teach so, me how to do this? It's so funny that you say that. I just got done doing a short film where... Um, I played a character who taught actors how to do things that they say they knew how to do. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. So I was I was an actor playing a cameraman for a little while. And, yeah. And they would be like, you know how to use that? And I was like, sure. And then I would go like, go home and Google, like, Google. the camera Google, and figure man. out like where the record button was on that one. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah. But over the over the years, I actually got really good at what I was doing and um, got fascinated much more in the um, in the writing and directing side of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys else. put your crew together? Like, did you, oh, yeah. was it just friends you knew or did you? For the, for, for, Pe- for Pepper? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're both part of a couple of different filmmaking communities. And yeah. so, yeah, it was pretty much all people we knew. And we brought on a, a producer as well. Yeah, my, um, the producer for Pepper in the Salt Sea is this woman named Minsu L. Kim. And she produced a feature film that I was the cinematographer on. Um, the year before we shot Pepper in the Salt Sea. Um, and she is a like just brilliant uh, master of all things film and logistics. and mm-hmm. Spreadsheets, and, master of spreadsheets. And, and yes. also serving a vision with all of that too, which was also part of what was so much fun working with Minsu is that it, it, it was all of those things that were like, we've, we've produced a lot of our own stuff on a small scale, but when you get to a certain scale, it gets really hard to look at all of those things yeah. and, and wear all the much work. Surprise. wear all the hats and for all the different. Yeah. Roles. So yeah. she not only covered all of that, but she also would sit down with me and be like, let's make sure that every shot is about water. Like, let's make sure that oh, all yeah. of these artistic things that we've been talking about are actually in here. Oh, and wow. That's it was great. Incredible. That's great. It really, it does make a difference. We were talking about this with the, um, uh, a friend that we had on, Adam, and uh, he's, a, he's a DP and he's done all sorts of different things and a writer and a director. Um, and I was saying, I feel like when you get to a certain level with your projects, it's easier to do two things instead. I feel like that's where I, for myself, draw the line. I'm like, I will act and write but I'm not going to be the main producer. Someone else, I might co-produce, but I'm not going to be the producer. Because you just can't, it's so hard. I the, mean, you can do it, but you're going to go freaking crazy Yeah, no, the, the One of the best, best things about having Minsu on for me, because I was, you know, playing lead, um, was being able to be on set and not have people come up and ask me questions yes. because she didn't allow that. She yeah. she was like, you are now an actor. You're taking mm-hmm. off your producer hat mm-hmm. and you're going to go and be an actor and go do your thing. And anything that was going crazy, <laughs> we had some issues like, you know, our truck getting stuck in the sand right. and our generator breaking down on our last day of shooting. And I wasn't allowed to know about those things. Yeah. She was like, she... Went yeah. and dealt with that for me, Took and it care. was wonderful to just be an actor on set. Right, it's important too. I think mm. that that's one of the things that's the hardest about when you're making your own films is that you have, out of necessity, or having so many things. But that's why it's good to build those group of people who you can really trust. So then yes. you 
and are like, you take care of that. Yeah. I know you can do that. You do that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's huge. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm so excited for you guys. Um, the next one coming up is... So we are screening at the Katra Film Series in May on May 14th. Oh, and then awesome. possibly another one in Brooklyn. We'll see. Cool. Yeah. Cool. We'll awesome keep us thoughts. posted so yeah. we can... We can share. Yes. Share, share the information. That's yes. part of what we want to do. Where can people find you guys online? Do you have social media? We have lots of social on? media. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Then uh, pitch it. Here we go. <laughs> Our website is, for the film, is thesaltc.com. Um, and you can find us on Facebook as well. And I am... Stacy underscore Capone on Twitter. Mm. Cool. Yes. Can't forget about you, Don. Yes, and I am Don Downey on Twitter. D O N D O W N I E. I really thought I spelled my name wrong. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, do I know how to spell my own name? I don't have an underscore. Some, some days I don't feel like I know how to spell my own name. <laughs> yes, yes. So don't feel bad. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, great. Thank you guys oh, so yeah. much Thank for you. having and good luck with yeah. your. I love Thank the you. title of the film, too. I think yeah. It's, it's a really fun title. Don is good with names. Yeah. It's good. I name it's things. Good writer. <laughs> You're like, I name things. It's good writer. It's <laughs> true. Thank you guys for thank coming Thank you out. so yeah. much. Thank you. This has been a really great time. Oh, awesome. Great. And thank you.